Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, happy Monday. Welcome back to Kindled. Um, I'm very excited to share today's episode with you. I got to chat with a energy consultant and expert, Todd Royal, who um, truly made all of the Russia and Ukraine stuff make sense to me in uh, the most understandable and comprehensive way that I have heard yet. So I'm proud to be able to bring you that conversation today. Before I get started, just a couple announcements. I want to remind you about our subscription community, Firestarters, where you will get extra episodes from me every single Friday. And for those of you who are new to Kindled, um, you might not know that I actually take the summers off of publishing new episodes. And Firestarters is the only place I will continue to publish episodes every Friday inside my locals community. So I moved from Patreon this December when I was kicked off for speaking the truth about COVID and uh, I'm now on locals but that is where you will find all of that content and um, this summer continue to get new episodes from me there and next I just want to remind you to subscribe if you have not done so that way you get new episodes uh, in your podcast app wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, leave a rating and review for the show if you haven't done that it really helps us to get found so thank you guys so much in advance for doing that all right here is my conversation with todd royal todd thank you so much for being here today glad to be here thanks Haley. so before we get into the topic for today uh would you introduce yourself to listeners tell them who you are and what you do okay my name is todd royal i'm a uh, energy consultant, written three books on energy titled Energy Made Easy, Just Green Electricity, and Clean Energy Exploitations. Uh, I've also written globally on foreign policy, national security, what's termed the weaponization of energy, which we're seeing right now in the Ukraine-Russian war, and I'm an uh, uh, independent energy policy uh, and energy consultant. Awesome. Yeah. And I just chatted with your colleague, um, Ron last week, and that was a very informative, um, conversation for me and just learning some of the, uh, basics of what clean energy is and isn't, and kind of, um, debunking some of the myths that are out there, frankly, that was, that was very educational for me. Um, but I, I wanted to, you know, as a follow-up to that conversation, start to kind of unpack. So, understanding um, where we're at in the United States is one thing, but then looking globally, you know, there's obviously a lot going on right now in regards to energy. And um, I am a complete novice when it comes to, um, you know, international politics or any of these other things that are obviously all kind of coming to a head and we're all Mm -hmm. watching it on our screens or in our news feeds. And we are being told what is going on, being told what to believe And it's certainly very confusing um, when you don't have, you know, a strong understanding and grasp of Mm -hmm. the history, but also lack the understanding of the interplay of, uh, you know, everything that's going on in terms of energy and, uh, you know, Russia's role in the world, you know, economy, all of these different things that there's just a lot to unpack. So I think you're going to be able to help us understand this better today, but could you kind of set the stage for we all know there's a lot going on in Russia and Ukraine. There's mm-hmm. a war happening. Can you help us get to a place where we understand why that's happening? Can you kind of set the stage and take yeah. us back far, as far as you feel you need to? Okay. So let's first go back to they think completely differently than we do. Uh, the Russians do. Their country had been invaded twice, frankly slaughtered since first by Napoleon's army in the 1800s and more recently by the Nazis. Uh, If you go to World War II, upwards of 27 to 35 million Russians were killed, citizens and soldiers. So what they will talk about often is they want a buffer. Uh, The former Soviet Union was all about getting this buffer between 
what they would say is Western Europe and Moscow, us. And so what has happened through the years, so we have that narrative going, hey, you guys invade us a lot. And when you invade us, you tend to slaughter us. And so Vladimir Putin has been trying to recreate the former Soviet Union that dissolved under uh, the first presidency of the Bush one, George H.W. Bush. And so now let's go to where we are right now. There had been talks for the last 20, 25 years where Russia said NATO. NATO was the block of countries that was put together after World War II to counter the Soviet Union. Uh, the original intent of NATO was said by the first German, cha uh, German chancellor. He had said it was really, and also the first director general of, of NATO, secretary general, pardon me, which was we wanted to keep the Soviet Union out of Europe. We wanted to bring the United States in and we want to keep the Germans down because the Germans had just started two world wars. So think about that narrative. And now you're Vladimir Putin. He had been saying to NATO, stop expanding eastward. Stop getting so close to us. Whether it's Poland, whether it's Hungary, whether it's obviously Germany, once Germany, Eastern Europe became part of Germany. And then recently he had gone to Ukraine and said, we want you to sign a neutrality pledge. You're not going to become a part of NATO and you're not going to try to really get nuclear weapons, which they'd given up under the Minsk agreements. Well, the current president of Ukraine said no. Vladimir Putin then decides to invade because he says, you are getting too close to me and you can have American warplanes within an hour and a half of Moscow to bomb us that quickly. Next, you get into energy. What Russia believes is a concept that's called the weaponization of energy. There was a great New York Times article, I think in 2017, that talked about it. A couple of natural gas companies. We talk about natural gas. You hear that a lot now. Or you hear the term LNG, liquid natural gas. That's what heats our homes particularly. And that's why the United States has lowered our emissions. We use LNG or natural gas-fired power plants. Well, the United States and Russia have some of the largest reserves in the world. And what Russia will do is they will use that as a weapon through two companies called Rosneft and Gazprom. Uh, typically, you hear the term oligarchs. These are headed by oligarchs, by people who are very sympathetic to Vladimir Putin. So then what they do is they then have gotten the Europeans the last 30 to 40 years to predominantly use Russian oil and natural gas and this is where it gets staggering. And you got to go, here's going to be the interplay of all this coming together. America said last week under the Biden administration, we're no longer going to import Russian oil. We do about 11%, 600,000 barrels a day, which isn't going to do much as sanctioning them because the Europeans receive 60% of their total primary energy, coal, oil, natural gas from Russia. Mm -hmm. So then Russia knows we can go directly into Ukraine. We can invade the country. You as NATO can do nothing about this. The German, the, the new German prime minister, Olaf Schultz, has said, we will not sanction Russian oil and natural gas because it would cause civil unrest, the largest economy in uh, the EU. Um, it is known they spend about a billion dollars a day. And as we speak, the pipeline, what's called Nord Stream 1 that goes through Ukraine, is delivering natural gas as we speak right now, and they are sending money to Russia in the form of about a billion dollars a day. Um, you put all that together and you go, that's what's really going on in Ukraine, I would argue, is that this is an energy war. And by energy war, I mean, they're not harming natural gas pipelines. They're not harming any uh, oil deposits or ports. And if you know last week, did you see the thing, Haley, where they were shooting at a nuclear power plant? Yeah. Zapor Zap I'm, I'm butchering the name. It starts with a Z. It's like Zaporozhia. And then they also put Chernobyl back online. Well, the reason why is Vladimir Putin founded their state nuclear power corporation called Rose Atoms or Rosatom. And they're going in there to get spent nuclear fuel because Russia is the number one provider in the world of nuclear power through what's called the nuclear power cycle, fuel cycle from building the plants to running the plants to the fuel, the radioactive waste that comes from the plants. They're even the best at it right now of what's called brand new generation four reactors. Mo most reactors are cooled down by water. These are going to be cooled down by high temperature gas, 
pebbles, helium gas, uh, a very what's called generation four, and then you hear the term small module reactors. It's just smaller. Typical power plant, nuclear plant would be like a thousand megawatts, means it can get powered about, a, that's roughly a million people. These will go all the way down to 1.5 to 300. So Russia has gone in there under an energy war, and they have done this because they're looking at history in a much different way than we are and saying, we have to protect ourselves. So mm -hmm. Ukraine, which is about half the speakers are Russian, approximately. We believe that is ours. And while we're at it, we are one of the leaders in the world on energy. So while you, the United States, which leads the West, which is about a billion people, the United States, Europe, Australia, Japan, South Korea, New Zealand, typical allies after World War II, you guys think you can power your society on renewables, solar panels and wind turbines. We, the Russians, still believe that we're going to do it with oil, natural gas, and coal. We're going to weaponize that, give it to you guys, and then in the process, we're going to shut it off whenever we feel like it, which they have done before. And Vladimir Putin threatened just last week to shut off all natural gas to Europe. So that's a long, hopefully not too long, but a broad spectrum of what go, goes on. I'm not saying you're saying what they've done is correct, but it's just to say this is what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And this is that the Russians have a point of view that we as Americans don't understand. As mm -hmm. I was saying some friends, imagine if Mexico had invaded us twice, in right. particular 75 years ago, and killed 27 to 45 million Americans. Right. We would think very differently if Russian troops are on the border of Mexico. Right. Yes. And I, I have heard people say, say something to that effect. And, and, and like you said, again, not to argue for the morality of mm -mm. what is happening, but to explain, <clears throat> look, the, he's not a madman. He's not a crazy, like, that's kind of what no. you're, you're hearing in the media. You have a war crazed madman, but I'm like, mm -hmm. it actually makes complete sense that you would protect your national sovereignty because they are very, um, you know, they're, they're nationalists. They believe mm -hmm. in their sovereignty in a way that, you know, a lot of Americans don't even believe in ours. <laughs> and so it, it makes a lot of sense to understand that side of it. And then also the different philosophy of, you know, of energy and that they, they still, I mean, even though we are clearly not actually totally dependent or even remotely dependent on clean energy, there is this, a very different consciousness about yeah. the way forward for us as, you know, woke progressive Americans <laughs> compared to a Russian, you know, a guy like Vladimir Putin, who literally wants to go back in time. He wants to go back to the good old days. And mm -hmm. we are, you know, we've got this, um, you know, very unrealistic. Uh, and I guess I'm speaking for the, those at, at the helm of our nation right now, not necessarily most mm -hmm. Americans. Um, I think most Americans probably don't even understand what's going on, but because no, um, it's been hard, it's been hard certainly for me and I I'm more tuned in than most people. And I still am trying to sift through some of the narratives and some of what's being said versus what is actually true. So I if don't I can add one, if that. I can add one thing to that too, there's yeah. a, there's a term that's going to start coming back into play called uh, real politics, the politics of reality. And if you watch the opening of, of this Olympic Games, which was just concluded in China, who did you see was a was a guest of the president of China? I didn't Vladimir. watch it. So go back and look at it in your audience. It's chilling. It was Vladimir Putin. Wow. Well, they had just signed two different agreements right before um, invading Ukraine at the weekend of the opening game of the Olympics that they are now working partners together. There's a strategic partnership. And they're going to be selling China 100 million tons of coal per year, plus a gargantuan amount of natural gas. So in other words, whatever's being sanctioned by the West right now is already going to be picked up by the Chinese. Mm -hmm. The Indians, uh, India, had said, we are not going to say that what they've done is wrong. They abstained in the UN Security Council. And the, Sa and the Saudis also just said, we are standing with the Russians. And in this last week, they would not take a call Neither would uh, the United Arab Emirates, the Emiratis, from uh, Joe Biden. They would not take a phone call from him to ask it, which was asking us to pump. They wanted more oil to come out. And they said, 
absolutely, they wouldn't even take the phone call. In other words, you're looking at a world that a year ago under a Trump administration was much more aligned towards the West and energy exploration. Now you see a world that says, we're, we live in a very different world here in the Middle East and in China than you as Americans do, where you have two oceans and two benign friendly neighbors. We have to make sure we have energy, what's called energy security. And right now, all the I would make the argument that any sanctions that are put on Vladimir Putin, other than something where you can actually affect their banking and you can affect money uh, being transferred globally, is going to do nothing because he's going to be able to sell his oil and natural gas to 1.3 billion Chinese, 1.1 billion Indians, and then let's throw in another 50 to 80 million uh, Middle Easterners, which dwarfs anything the West says that they're going to do. Um, and then you, you throw in the Europeans who say, we're not going to sanction it. We can't stop taking everything from you. Um, you're, looking at, you're looking at a war that's, that's an energy war. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt this incredible episode. I told you it was really good. I did not lie, did I? But I want to let you know that my business, H. Williams Creative, is ready to help you and your small business in whatever you need as far as marketing and graphic design and web design goes. I specialize in WordPress websites, but another favorite service of mine to provide my clients is graphic design and logo design. So uh, whether you need a digital flyer printed, a print flyer made, business cards, logos, WordPress websites, all of the above are things that I can help you with. I have been doing this 10 years. I love serving clients uh, in that way. I love getting to help you make your brand come to life online, making it beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, but also creating a functional and high-powered website that will help drive new leads into your business and your sales funnel. So you can check my website out at hwilliamscreative.com to see some of my work, my portfolio, and to reach out to me there using the contact form. Or you can shoot me an email at Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, at hwilliamscreative.com. And I would love to chat with you and see how I can help you and your brand today. So what, I mean, obviously, obviously we know, and my listeners are are well aware that there is a a world of difference between a Trump administration and a Biden administration for all Mm -hmm. the reasons that everybody recognizes, but what particularly changed on the global, uh, you know, pick in the global picture that now they like you just described they look at us and go you know all of a sudden like you're saying there there's no you know i mean there's no um they won't even take a phone call it's not like oh we're we're having conversations or there's closed door meetings happening like there was with trump and putin like now it's literally like no we're just slamming the door in your face why the shift why is there why has that happened Again, let's go to the politics of reality. In the United States, we tend to be under what's still a Judeo-Christian ethic value. Uh, We go from biblical values, how the country was founded, which said women had rights, a quality of man that eventually we are all the same in God's judgment, that we all go to this same narrative of we're all going to be judged equally. Mm -hmm. That's not the way that's not the way it is in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Women don't have rights. Um, They don't different forms of sexuality that is frowned upon deeply. There isn't religious plurality. There isn't this notion that we're all created equal, which, you know, actually comes what's called natural rights from John Locke, Mm -hmm. which the founders of this country deeply believed in, which began, you could say, British common law, the Magna Carta back in the the Mm 1200s. So you look at a Trump administration, which said, we are going, let's get back to energy now. So we're going to take energy. And we're going to use this as a form of export. And we're going to use what's called a soft power. Hard power means I'm going to bring the military in there. I'm going to shoot my guns. Soft power says I'm going to use diplomacy. I'm going to use economics. I'm going to say, Haley, I want you guys to come over to America. And we want to have a a soccer match with you. We're we're looking at soft ways that we can be combined with one another. Mm -hmm. Well, the first day the Biden administration came in, he canceled the the Keystone XL pipeline. Right. Just call it 800,000 barrels of oil from Canada. Gone. He's then made every regulatory process as hard as he can in the Department of Energy, in the Department of Interior. They have gone this full-fledged, we're going to have a Green New Deal. We're going to run our whole world off solar panels. 
in wind turbines. So if I'm a bank, if I'm a, if I'm ExxonMobil, if I'm somebody that they're begging me to bring all this oil and natural gas to market, well, then you have to say that you have to make the regulation barriers and you have to tell the media to stop demonizing these people. They're demonized. You're, you're killing us with global warming. You're killing our children. You're doing all these things against us. When the Trump administration, that a policy that for every regulation that was put forth, two would be taken out. That's the exact opposite in the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. His interior secretary, um, which is that's the person in charge of all U.S. federal lands, Deb Harlan, has openly said she wants to ban fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Biden on the campaign trail and even in his presidency, we're going to ban fossil fuels. We're going to rid the world of coal. We're even not going to even think about nuclear power, though they've done a, a shift to that, which they should be applauded for. Um, you have John Kerry walking around as a climate envoy who said the day that Russia invaded Ukraine, oh, this is going to keep us from, from working on the climate together. So everything says that you as an oil and natural gas and coal producer, we demonize you, we hate you, we do not want anything to do with you. And the Europeans have been doing this now for about 30 years. And so look at what the Europeans have done. So there's a massive, anybody who says, uh, Christians in particular, I would say too, if you say there is not a difference in a Republican and a Democrat, you as a Christian, you are deceived. Mm -hmm. You are a fool. As the Bible would call you, you are an unwise fool. Mm -hmm. Forget abortion. I'll tell anybody, man, forget abortion. And I've written an article before that your listeners can write called the unintended geopolitical consequences of abortion that I give the political and economic realities behind abortion have nothing to do with religion. But just when it comes to national security, when it comes to energy security, there's a massive difference in a Republican and a, mm -hmm. and a Democrat. Um, and finally, when you look at what went on with the Trump administration, there's also a foreign policy term called deterrence. That means that I know that if you do something so bad, I'm going to deter you from doing that. The entire Cold War, frame, the, the entire Cold War framework based on NATO, was that we, the United States, are going to deter you, the Soviet Union, from expanding your global reach and making communism the world government. Now you have a man in his administration who frankly hate America in many ways, and they do everything to make America a weaker country, right? Econ economically, but more importantly, on energy, because energy affects every single solitary thing in your life. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's almost like the obvious answer is the right answer mm -hmm. um, with with Joe Biden. You know, what's frustrating as, uh, you know, 30 something uh, millennial watching mm -hmm. all of my peers, you know, fall for the narrative, fall for the promises, the guarantees, the security, the this and the that that, you know, it's like uh, we've this is the same song and dance. It's every every mm -hmm. single four all every four mm -hmm. years we hear the same thing and having an appreciation for what you were talking about, the history of how this nation was founded and our um, recognition that man is fallen and sinful and tends towards tyranny and abusing power mm -hmm. and loving a small government, you know, wanting to see that uh, it, what, what is frustrating is that Americans fall for the promises and, but what you're describing is that actually that maybe this is part of that. Um, what did you call it? Politics? Real? Real, poli real, real politics. Real, real politics. Politi like yeah. the rest of the world, who's almost like not blinded by being so socially mm -hmm. progressive and woke actually yeah. does see, which is, it's funny. Cause I mean, we, it's not as though I'm saying, you know, Oh, Putin has his eyes totally wide open to the truth, but mm -hmm. he actually sees it, sees through that and sees through. And it's like, that's, I, I, no, I reject that. I don't want that. I don't want any part of your, yeah. you know, um, do-gooding and it, it's really not do-gooding, but it, it's, it's always cast in this light of positivity and trying to sure. save the world, save the environment. That's what Americans bought into. That's what they mm -hmm. buy into all the time that, well, it just should be responsible. And, oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we shouldn't drive SUVs. You know what I'm saying? Like so yes, many Americans just buy into this mm -hmm. and yet, You've got people living in the real world in other countries who are rejecting the foolishness and the idiocy of so many of our policies. And it's, it's kind of baffling. It's like, wow, you know, you guys actually are, you, you are, you do have the blindfold off to some degree because they are living in the real world, not in our world where we often just create problems because 
we're so bored with, you know, being the world power, I guess. You know, another way to look at it in regards to energy, you've made a really great point about the environment. Um, Environmental organizations, which really kind of started around the 50s and the 60s, the notion, the the heart of it came from a good place. That's no longer the case. Mm -hmm. The The reason you know this, so just this, let's talk about the politics, reality, and the environment. China now emits 2.5 more CO2 than the United States does. Uh, China just today, pardon me, last 24 hours has said they are going to be using coal more than ever. Uh, China has the amount of coal-fired power plants that they are building is more than what the United States currently even uses. That's what they're building. And a real thing that will It'll baffle you and your listeners in many ways. And I checked this out. It was, we've had this in our second book and our third book. There's figures that came out. Regression analysis, just fancy. As I like to say, it's fancy math. Um, I did my backgrounds in economics. I do econometrics. It's using calculus and math to do some economic analysis. Some very smart people. And a guy who actually testified from the Heritage Foundation to the U.S. Congress in 2017, he did what's called economic modeling. It showed if the United States, if you, me, our families, and the other 350 million of us ceased to exist, everything was shut down. We completely went away off the earth. Global emissions are still going to rise because of China, India, and Africa. It doesn't make a difference what, whether it's California, whether it's my home state of Texas, who has gone all in for renewables, whether it's the Europeans who want to do renewables, it does not matter. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. until you can control the or control, until you can get the Chinese, the Indians, and the Africans to begin to use what I would probably tell you is natural gas and nuclear, global emissions are going to rise because there's a billion of us and our, our numbers are going down based upon birth rates. And just in Africa alone, within by 2050, one out of four people on the earth will be African. That's how much they're growing. Wow. Uh, and so when you look at all these things, Green New Deals, you and I were chatting about it earlier. It's a great concept. I completely understand why somebody would uh, want to believe in what Congresswoman Alexandria Kosha cortez says, because it sounds so good. Hey, the sun and the wind are free. But the question is, is our, the, the answer is when our third book came out, this book we wrote, Clean Energy Exploitations, we tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. We tell you that right there's what's called rare earth metals and minerals, things mm-hmm. like lithium and zinc and copper. 70 to 90% of all that in the world comes from China. Another massive amount of nickel, aluminum, palladium, manganese. These are all minerals that we have to have in our daily lives. Those come from Russia. And then the scary part is, is we termed it 60% of the world's cobalt. You cannot have a solar panel, an electric vehicle, a wind turbine, or frankly, my lovely cell phone without cobalt. That comes from the Congo. Um, Not the most conservative organization, Amnesty International said, these people are being beyond exploited. It is slave labor. They're sold into sexual slavery to do this. Children as young as six, I have young children. Uh, They're in mines that collapse on them. They kill them. 60% of the world's minerals, cobalt is coming from there. What I would tell you is we term it in our book, Blood Blood Minerals. Yeah, I love Leonardo DiCaprio's movie, Blood Diamond. I thought he did an amazing job on it to highlight what's going on. We need another movie called Blood Minerals that shows your solar panel is coming from the region that just housed the Olympics in China, people called the Uyghur Muslims. Two million women, two million people, women are being raped. Mm -hmm. Their husbands, their their children are are put in detention camps to make solar panels that are going on top of European and American homes and in supposed farms. It's disgusting. It's a travesty. It's it's so to, to keep it in this energy fold and to keep this in reality those are things that Americans, but I would also tell you as Christians, need to know. And I do appreciate, I, I really do appreciate programs like yours that are targeting Christians with realism. And mm-hmm. 
I would say even to your audience, begin to press your churches and your pastors to stop this feel good. I'm here to encourage you Christianity and that these men and increasingly more women, you have a pulpit, Mm -hmm. go use it. Go use it. Talk right. about what's happening to these Muslims in China. Talk right. about what's happening to these black children in, in um, the Congo. Talk about what's happening to people in Ukraine, which are being slaughtered right mm-hmm. now. And they're being slaughtered because this man wants their energy. Talk about um, the lithium triangle in South America, where it takes gargantuan amounts of water to mine lithium, to make what's mm-hmm. called brine. Yeah. People's water sources go away. So I just, I say to these people all the time, and I thank you, Haley, for having shows like this, because it's like, I want to talk to believers and go, go tell your pastors to stop their feel good, nothing nonsense messages and understand that this country, the Revolutionary War happened because the the pastors, the woke men of that time, said, we're going to get British tyranny off of our back. And that came from the pulpits. That came from the churches mm-hmm. in the New England colonies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, and, and there's, it's, it's unfortunate that so many, so many believers don't actually really take issue with the human rights abuse, abuses and exploitations that are, I mean, happening in the name of clean energy. And, you know, look, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, point my finger down at someone who bought a Tesla and say you're in sin or, or anything else oh, anymore yeah. that, you know, like I shop from yeah. Amazon, like uh, they're, sure. they're evil too, you know, but at the same time, I think that we are just, um, we are content with ignorance. We are content mm-hmm. with not knowing and it doesn't affect me. And, um, and that's not okay. That's not actually, yeah. that's not righteousness. And we are called to be holy as God is holy and to be set apart and to be different. And so that mm-hmm. means knowing the truth, living by the truth, rejecting lies, um, you know, realizing that every, every energy source is going to come with a cost that mm-hmm. yes, we are, we are going to use what the earth contains, what God created in order to, you know, convert that into energy that fuels our lives, that creates products that we use, and there will be a cost. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly, it, it, I think that anyone, any thinking, critically thinking person can understand that some costs are worse than others. Some are greater than others. And the human yeah. cost of what is being called clean energy that is not clean in any mm-hmm. way, morally or even physically or environmentally, none of those yeah. things it's, there's a great cost there and it's much worse than having a adult male, you know, uh, man in the United States working on the pipeline. That's, that's a, that's a better cost to pay, frankly, than, than fueling the, you know, these communist and wicked dictatorships that Mm -hmm. are sterilizing women and, um, you know, and murdering people who are an ethnic minority in China. And so, It's absolutely, I mean, it's just an easy call. Like it's not even hard. It's not even hard to see that and recognize that. And yet I think that so many Christians are caught up in what they, they they're honestly looking to the world to tell them what is right. Tell me what I, how I should live, how I should be, how I should seek to be categorized as either, you know, um, righteous or unrighteous, good or not good, virtuous or unvirtuous. Mm -hmm. Like that's, they're looking to worldly standards and we are obviously, that's the opposite of what God's word tells us we should be doing. Yeah. So it's an easy call for the Christian, you know, sure. and, and what's, what's not okay is for us to check out because it doesn't affect us and yeah. just say, you know, it's not really my, what am I going to do? It's not my battle to fight. Like when has that ever been the the path forward? Like that's not, that's not even an option. Like it shouldn't be an option. No, it shouldn't. There's some great books on it too. Uh, D James Kennedy's book, I believe he passed away recently called what if Jesus had never been born, which said, if, you, if you're really concerned about social justice, it's been Christians who have brought everything from orphanages to hospitals to the nation state having freedom based on Christ. It's the Christians who have always been part of the social movements, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's America or in the world. We are right. the ones. Uh, and I love the verse, too, you know, Haley, in, that says, you know, the kingdom of God's taken by force. And it does say men, but I would also say it's women. You know, it's taken by force and they, you'll take it violently. Mm-hmm. But there is an enemy and there's violence. And I would make the case now that it is environmental organizations. It's people who believe in this 
overinflated global warming and climate change, which has made the West stop look stop drilling for oil and natural gas, mining for coal, using renewables. That's a, that's given money to these people right. and has allowed him to invade Ukraine. I mean, I, I tell any I'd look at anybody right now whether it's uh, the Sierra Club, Friends of the Earth, Earth Justice, frankly, the Department of Interior and go, you have blood on your hands that he invaded Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. You have, because, you, I mean, listen, there's, some, there's a great tweet that came out from a leading European intellectual I can't think of. It basically said, um, Donald Trump was right. He was right. You guys are, you're digging your own graves. Mm-hmm. You, decided, you decide to make a deal with the devil take what's called hydrocarbons. It's a fancy word for oil, natural gas, and coal from, from the Russians. Okay, look what you got. And, and you'll read these too, Haley. Oh, they're trying to wind down their use. No, they're not. Uh, there's a wonderful gentleman I tell your readers about named Vaclav Smil. Love that name. V-A-C-L-A-V has a great book called Energy and Civilization, which talks about most energy transitions take about 40 years. In modern terms, since the Industrial Revolution, you tend to go from wood and, frankly, human feces or dung to petroleum, to oil, to natural gas, to coal, and then to nuclear. Hmm. So if the Europeans think they're going to just wind this down, I would tell you, Haley, don't be shocked if 10 years from now they're still importing a third of all their energy needs from the Russians. Because it takes a long time to build energy systems. And so these folks, they've got blood on their hands. And as Christians, we need to say, stop thinking that the earth is warming uncontrollably. Yeah, no. And that's, that's unbiblical too. Like it says that there's, um, where, where is that verse? It's, um, now I'm going to have to look it up, but as long as the earth remains like summer, the seasons will seasons. continue. Like yeah. there is, there is scripture about that. Yeah. There's scripture that, that talks about that, but just on a, on a factual sense, again, take away the, yeah. the Bible out of this. Just go look at the course of human history, whether you want to be an old earth person or a new earth person. We talk about this in our books. It has been warmer. It has been hotter. It has been cooler. There's been more stuff floating in the air. The oceans have been higher. The oceans have been lower. Earth has been hotter and been cooler. Yes. And we've, we talk about it in our books. And as, as Ron and I will tell anybody, we're, we're not sitting here trying to tell you that go put a coal-fired power plant on every corner. We're not telling you that that won't warm the earth or hurt mm-hmm. the earth. But let's yeah. keep it in perspective. Let's sure. talk about there's a real cost um, Humanity has thrived once fossil fuels came around. And if you don't believe me, there's a wonderful book called The Spirit of Democratic Capitalism by Michael Novak. Go read the introduction and see where the earth was as least ago as the 1800s. Most people lived to about 20 or 30. Most women, half women died in childbirth. There was no indoor plumbing. Things weren't mapped. And the highest per capita in the world was in Germany at about $2,000 a year. And let's be honest, you know, I, the, the whole green, the whole clean energy, green movement, green new deal, none of it is about actually saving. I mean, I think there are very, there are certainly people who really do believe that. Like, yes, yes, there really are Greta Thunberg. She really believes it, you know, Mm -hmm. but most people who are using this and, and using this as leverage and as, and weaponizing it, like you've described, Mm -hmm. it is not it is not the morality. It is not because they, they truly believe it because you still see them flying their private jets all around the world. Like, give me a break. Like, that's not, that's not what we're really talking about here. It's just, it's just a means of gaining power, controlling people, keeping us under their thumb. Um, I could go on, but so. Yeah. And and they get a lot of taxpayer money off of it. The subsidies, the wind and solar business on a technical term, Whenever you're generating electricity from the wind, the wind turbine and the solar panel receives more subsidies by a massive amount than fossil fuels or nuclear or even hydropower, which is damned water dust. And if without the without the subsidy, whether the United States or Europe, if they if they were not completely supported by taxpayer credits, what's called in the United States, a producer, a production tax credit an investment tax credit, the PTC and the ITC both those industries would collapse. And what I've always advocated for, and I've, I've written this before, same thing with electric vehicles, take away the subsidies. 
And I think then you would look up and, get, and see, okay, now solar panel does make sense. Now wind turbine, because they have to, they now have to go in, they have, they have to be inventive. They have, they have an incentive to stay in business and they're going to become much more technologically sound than they are currently. Right. Uh, there's, a, there's a fancy term called energy density. They have nowhere near the energy density, which means how much power can this thing put out to us mm-hmm. compared to coal, natural gas, or certainly nuclear. So kind of circling back um, to Russia and Ukraine, how does, okay. this, how does this end? What is the, what is the end goal what is Putin's end goal? How, it, how do you, like as an expert, as someone who understands the geopolitical environment right now and the energy side of this, how do you see this playing out? I don't see him stopping until he takes, until he takes all 14 of Ukraine's uh, nuclear power plants. Um, I know they're negotiating and by the grace of God, hopefully this thing's negotiated to an end. I don't see them leaving. I see them wanting to make sure that they have the pipeline and that they have all 14 nuclear power plants. Um, as the world is trying to go clean, the only way that you can be clean and or green is nuclear power. It's the only source of electricity that does not emit any uh, carbon or CO2. He knows that. He knows they're the leader in the world in it. And he also, I believe, wants the next, the next 80 years of the rest of the century, he wants that. And right now, Ukraine has 14 nuclear power plants and they receive 50% of all their electricity, what's called base load electricity from nuclear power. So I don't believe this thing stops until he gets uh, the nuclear power plants okay. and the power. And cause I believe as we're seeing, this is an energy war. Yes. He wants his buffer. And yes, he believes that Ukraine is historically under Soviet or Russian influence, but he wants those energy assets as much mm-hmm. as he wants anything. Yeah. Okay. Is it likely for him to do that and to achieve that goal? You think he will? If China gets involved, absolutely. Um, if the U.S. will start sending more what's called ja- uh, the Javelin missile system, which can take out tanks, if we'll send more any uh, any missile uh, ar- arsenal, if, we'll, if we can send more military hardware, they can hold them off. But I think it's inevitable that Russia Russia wins unless there's a large scale. Uh, either arms or men uh, divisions divisions that would go in there, and nobody right now in NATO is willing to go is willing to go in there and risk World War Three. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be known too that the Russians have what's called a first strike doctrine, where they have said in their official military documents that they would use what's called battlefield nuclear weapons. So they can be on the battlefield, and if they feel threatened, they say we will use. Uh, what's called like a mobile nuclear weapon, not as big as your, what would be an ICBM an inter- intercontinental ballistic missile, which shoots up out of the ground, can travel mm-hmm. the earth. Uh, these somebody can wheel up on, on specialized vehicles and shoot it in a battlefield situation. Wow. And the Russians have said they mm-hmm. are willing to do that. And they've already, if you look up, they already threatened it a, a couple of weeks ago. They put their nukes on, um, they activated them. It's very concerning. <laughs> concerning is it not i mean yeah. uh, it, it seemed and with us like getting involved i mean i i don't want to see i don't want to see american sons and daughters die over there you know in, in this situation i mean i, I don't want to see that i don't want to see it escalate and yet if we're helping provide some of the arms i mean it seems like it's inevitable that something's going to go wrong i mean what could go wrong right like how there's yeah. a lot of things that can go wrong when we start getting involved Mm-hmm. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts there? Do you, do you agree or, or oh, absolutely? I mean, yeah. you, that's just common sense. And the Russians have said in the last probably five, five to seven days that they believe that armed shipments that are coming from America or Europeans, they feel that they're legitimate battlefield targets, that they're, 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 they're giving warnings. They're saying, we're going to start attacking these because these, uh, this javelin system in particular is killing, uh, Russian troops and doing, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, exploding uh, Russian military assets like their tanks, their armored divisions. And so, yeah, absolutely. It could. So what's uh, Biden? Absolutely. Okay. So what's Biden? What's his MO right now? I mean, I, I know he's barely awake for lunch, but what is he like? What, it, what are the people who are calling the shots over there? Are they freaking out that no one's taking their calls or are they like, 
you know, they're playing right into our hand because we just, we get to use Ukraine as our little puppet to say, you know, to kind of demonize Russia even further. Like what exactly is, from their perspective? If does you, this look if like? Their perspective is if, is if you look at Saudi Arabia, uh, United Arab Emirates, um, if you look at Israel as well, they have moved more what's called the, into the Russian orbit, their sphere of influence. And they've moved away from the United States. I, th- I think what you're seeing uh, his administration doing, the Biden administration, is kind of a wait and see approach. Okay, we're going to cut off imports of oil. We're going to keep trying to talk the Europeans into, into doing some kind of energy sanctions. We've moved a couple of thousand troops now over to Poland. So we're making kind of smaller incremental moves. Um, we're doing patrols in the country, you know, aircraft, places like Romania, Poland, Hungary. But to say that, I mean, the, you know, he's been very clear. I'm not, we're, we're not putting American troops uh, into, into harm's way in Ukraine, at least right now. Um, I think the major escalation will be what happens if China does get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could see some turning points if, if this thing is still going on. This is my opinion, uh, the 2022 uh, midterms. And if you see kind of a more national security focus, more foreign policy, military heft coming in, whether it's Republicans or Democrats like uh, Senator Joe Manchin, then you could see you could see a real difference because then the United States would maybe take a, a tougher posture uh, that we're going to send more weaponry. Maybe we maybe we do do a no fly zone. There's you know, there's a lot of different options on the table. The one person who's considered kind of the, one of the more tougher realists in the room as far as the upper echelons, of the U.S. government is Secretary of State uh, Anthony or Tony Blinken is considered a realist. Um, and so he's looking at this with a more realistic view and not that we're going to go use more renewables and get off Russian oil kind of thing. So that's about the most they can do right now. That's why mm-hmm. you want to use deterrence. It says, mm-hmm. we're not even going to let you put us in this situation because now the United States is, is in a no-win situation that you have described very well. Right. Wow. Gosh. So, uh, good thing our hope is not in this world. Um, but man, I mean, any encouragement you have for people as far as, you know, how they can continue to kind of get educated, understand what's mm-hmm. going on, separate the myth from and the lie yeah. from the reality as we continue to continue to see this unfold. And, um, you know, obviously maybe not, not watching CNN as your major news source would probably be a good place to start, but be- any, any other tips? <laughs> That there's a great energy website, does some daily emails called Real Real Clear Energy. Uh, they do a daily email, does some real nice, just easy energy articles. Uh, Wall Street Journal always does uh, really good work on it. There's actually a guy named John Draws, D-R-O-Z, who's got an, an energy newsletter, comes out every week to two weeks, which it's one of my number one resources of, of uh, energy research. Uh, there's another great site called oilprice.com does really good work. It's going to tell you about fossil fuels. And then I would say as believers, we do have to pray. Um, we do have to pray for the peace of Ukraine. And then my own person would be, if you have any inroads, if you are a deacon, if you are an elder, if you are a pastor who's listening to your show, or if you're just a person who goes to that church and has access to them to begin to tell your churches to start to talk about real things. It's okay to talk up, to talk about hard things. It's okay to not go in every single week and say, I just want to be encouraged. It, 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 to start to say, there's a real big bad world out there and you need to get your head out of the sand. And you do need to realize that under current politics, there is a major difference in a Democrat and a Republican. Okay, you didn't like President Trump, you didn't like his tweets. Okay, you vote how you want to vote. But realize as a believer, we don't live our life by our feelings. We have to live by what the Bible says. And, and please don't want any of your listeners go, are you saying if I voted this way, I'm not a Christian and that Donald Trump is the hope of Jesus Christ? Nope, not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that right now, Joe Biden just said that you can have an abortion from the moment a baby is born and Donald Trump went to the pro-life rally 
It was the only president to, to give the keynote speech. Please don't tell me there's a difference. Please don't tell me they're both the same. And I would say to any leading pastor, prophet, or apostle, get your head out of the sand and stop saying that I vote for Jesus. Yeah. That is a weak, worthless, coward way to act. Jesus isn't running for president. He yeah, said he, he did not come to save you, exactly. our, our government. That's not why he came. It doesn't no. mean we are we are released from the responsibility of living in line with God's word as individuals. Yeah. So just that and just, you know, begin to press your pastors and your churches. Come on, let's talk about some hard things right now. It's okay if we lose some members. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And people need help thinking through, yes. you know, thinking through these things and, and, and also being um, kept from falling prey because it's, you know, we can't siphon off um, our spiritual lives from our lives yeah. in, the, in, in the world and say yeah. that on Sunday, I'm a church, I'm a church going Christian, but in the rest of the week, I'm just somebody else. Like they, they all go yeah. together. They, and if you live yeah. that way, you're, you're living dishonestly and you're living against how you're created to live. And, and that's, and you're only deceiving yourself. You're not tricking God, but, um, but certainly like a lot of the talking points that you and I have kind of debunked and, and um, uncovered and pulled back the layers on today are things that often do deceive people into not just a political belief, but a moral and spiritual mm. belief and darkness um, yeah. where they are deceived beyond just what policy works. They are deceived yeah about what is right and good and true. And that yeah. is that it matters much more than the policy, like the policy yeah. there, you know, there's certainly a better policy and a worse policy, but absolutely, there's a human heart and a human soul that is actually impacted by everything in the real world. And so mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you that we need to be having those hard conversations. So thank you for helping us do that today. And where can people find you? Um, you can do Twitter at TCR underscore consulting. Okay, perfect. So yeah, at TCR underscore consulting. All right. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you so much. And yeah, yeah. Thanks again for everything you're doing, Haley. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, guys, I hope that that was an informational and educational episode for you as it was for me. I learned a lot and uh, he just helped explain where we are in such a way that uh, makes sense of it. And uh, I, I would encourage you to share this episode with any friends or family who you've talked about this topic with who maybe have even perhaps gotten um, a little swept away in some of the narrative that we are seeing from the mainstream media that is not entirely accurate or honest. So spread this episode, share it with someone who you think it would help. All right, that's all I have for you. So have a great week and I will see you next Monday.